School District. You're listening to the Community 360 Podcast. I'm Mona White, counselor with the 360 Center, and I'm here with Kathleen O'Connell, also a counselor with the 360 Center, and also a counselor um, supporting the Virtual Academy. We've been talking about Amy Morin's book, 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do, And currently we're on chapter 12. I think we only have like two more podcasts on this book and our whole team has been loving it. It's been a great book. So Kathleen, what are we going to be talking about today? Great question, Mona. So today we're going to be talking about, as you mentioned, chapter 12 of this book, which is titled Parents, Mentally Strong Parents Don't Take Shortcuts to avoid discomfort, which is such a huge topic in our counseling work when we work with both kids and parents and really systems. And um, Amy gives us so many wonderful reflection points that we're going to move through um, in this podcast. And I really do think that this topic can be incredibly valuable to parents and to guardians, to whatever system is living in your home that's caring for children. So Mona, tell us a little bit about what your first initial thoughts were when you started reading this chapter. Uh, Well, what I love about Amy's writing is she takes cases that she's done, she's a a, a licensed um, social worker, and she takes cases that she's worked with. So Uh, People bring their kids to therapy, and then she sort of talks through how she handles the case. So this, the first, the chapter opens up with um, this family where their child basically is kind of having fits all the time, and really that whole system idea of establishing rules as a couple, I love that. The adults in the house, whoever they are, kind of need to work together to create the rules for the house or if there's just one adult same and then what are the consequences and kind of what are some strategies um, for this mom who is really burnt out so the mom was so burnt out that she was just kind of like saying yes to everything to to kind of just make it through the day so talking about how to help um, parents adults recharge their batteries so I really, I really like that. She comes up with a nice little plan for this family. And I, and um, that's why I love this book. So it's Absolutely. so concise. I think that you know, what I pulled from this example specifically that Mona, you were talking about, about um, having a parent come in who is saying, my children are you know, constantly not listening to me. They're not following the rules. I feel burnt out. I feel exhausted by this and I need some help with it. And just as you said, Amy really outlined some incredible, wonderful, clear steps for parents to be able to put into place in order to see the results that they want. Now, one thing Amy stresses in this, as we do in counseling as well, is this is not an overnight fix. It takes patience and time and consistency. And the consistency piece is so big when we're talking about setting boundaries and rules and family expectations and follow through on consequences um, that we have created for maybe a behavior or an unpreferred behavior. 
So just as I, if I want to be able to do the splits, I'm not gonna be able to do it if I don't consistently stretch every day, right? The same thing happens with the results that we see as parents. If we want our children to respect the rules and abide by the rules and expectations in our house, we have to be consistent with not only our construction of the rules, but our communication of those rules and the follow through when maybe something doesn't land how we would hope it would based on what we've outlined for our family. Right. And, and that can be really hard to do at the Follow end of the through day. is hard. And she does talk about shortcuts. And I have to say, of course, all of us sometimes take shortcuts. Yes, watch a movie for a while. So, or, you know, or something like that, just to kind of get a moment or letting the child stay on electronics for longer. So sometimes parents do take shortcuts. And it's a lot of times it's because we're tired, but she really does talk about, we're not talking about a once in a while shortcut. It's constantly taking shortcuts. And that's how kids, you know, it's almost like they're trained to do what we don't want them to do. So if we're always saying, go play a video game, leave me alone. And then later we're like, you play too many video games. We, we kind of have to take a look at that and set up some parameters around that for sure. Absolutely. And I love that Amy gives examples of what, what does a shortcut look like for a parent. It's, you know, if you cook a wonderful, healthy, nutritious meal for your family or you order something in and the kid says, all I want is fish sticks and they throw a fit and every night you end up making them fish sticks. Well, we're telling our child that if you throw a big enough fit, I'm going to give in. Right, And so I'm gonna take the shortcut to avoid the discomfort of my kid throwing a fit because not only are they not comfortable, but I'm not comfortable listening to that. I've had a long day. I don't have the wherewithal and the energy to put up with this power struggle. So I'm gonna give them what they want and I'm gonna take the shortcut and appease them, which is going to help me feel better in the moment. But what Amy says is that works in the moment, but what happens is we are, basically teaching our kids that they can get what they want. And then down the road, when we do have to put bigger boundaries in place, our kids are not gonna have the ability to have that mental flexibility and that resilience to get through something hard that they don't like. And like she always says, and we always say in these podcasts, so much of it is also about modeling. What kind of behavior are we modeling for our kids? And one of the things that I want to point out that I talk to with parents often is you have to have clear rules established in your home. Both parents have to be or guardians or whoever or the adults in the house have to be on the same page, right? And we have to be consistent. But the kids also have to be clear on what the rules are. Mm -hmm. So if you have younger kids, I would always encourage you to post the family expectations somewhere. Mm somewhere post the rules somewhere. That way you can refer back to it in a hard moment and the kids know what the expectations are for their behavior. Just like I know, because I have a driver's license, what the expectations are for me when I'm driving on the road. I'm not surprised if I break the rule that I might get pulled over and get a ticket, right? That helps me make better choices when I am taking the responsibility of getting in that driver's seat, just like your child gets in the driver's seat of their life every day. Right, right. And I like, she talked about kind of two types of problem, 
there's problem-related shortcuts, two, two types of shortcuts, sorry, and emotion-related shortcuts. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is really good because the problem is, and we've all been there with our kids are not cleaning a room, and so you just do it for them or fold their laundry, whatever it is, or put it away. You just do it for them, and you solve that problem for that day, but you've set yourself up. And then the other is um, the emotion-related shortcut. And so rather than kind of, you know, argue, discuss, and kind of uh, deal with the situation, um, you just do a total escape and say, let's go to McDonald's or Taco Bell or something. And then you feel better because you don't have to have the fight. But the problem with these shortcuts, well, Kathleen, what are the problems with shortcuts? The problems with <laughs> shortcuts, kind of as I mentioned before, is we are setting up an expectation for our children that they are gonna be able to take shortcuts all of the time in life. So when we look at shortcuts that kids might take, and Amy has a beautiful example of this, so I'm gonna read some of these uh, verbatim from the book because I don't think I can do a better job than she did. Um, these are some examples of how taking shortcuts might show up in kids' lives. A 10-year-old might copy his friend's homework because it takes hours to figure out on his own. Well, if I can just copy someone's, I don't have to do the work, right? I'm avoiding the discomfort. So you're going to see that theme throughout these examples. A 12-year-old refuses to practice playing the piano because he's struggling to learn the notes. And we're also seeing in these examples a lack of something that we talk about in our district in Student 360, which is persistence and grit, right? That perseverance. A 14-year-old, she says, snacks constantly in between meals because he wants to avoid feeling hungry. Again, avoid the discomfort. And she continues on with some of these examples, but you can see here that the willingness to stick to a plan that might be difficult for us, we don't learn that skill when we're always taught that taking shortcuts is how we can get through life. And that can be really difficult because then we're not learning the skills that we need to be able to apply later on as we grow and as we need to face other events and experiences um, in, our, in our own lived ways, right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I, she talks about what to do instead. And so first we kind of have to identify what shortcuts we're taking and, you know, we've all done it. You're checking out at the grocery store, you're exhausted, and then you do, you know, give in. Uh, but every time you do that, you're sort of creating this bigger problem. So first you kind of have to identify it and then move forward with how do I don't do that? And so sort of we, we talked last um, week about punishment and discipline and how we really are teaching dis discipline as far as self-discipline. How do we want our kids to know how to monitor their own behavior? And so are we using discipline? Are we ignoring things or are we really looking at it? Um, are you doing everything for your kids? I know like they can make their beds, they can put their clothes away, they can pick up their room. So are you doing all of those things? Maybe that's why you're tired. Like maybe there's some things that need to be turned over to the kids. And are you jumping in too quick to solve problems rather than 
helping kids um, figure it out. And I know in my own life, my mom, oh my gosh, how do you spell whatever? And she'd say, go look in the dictionary. And we were, I can remember, I have a brother and a sister. We would be like, no, just tell us. She never would, never. <laughs> anyway, Kathleen, how do, what, where do we go from here? One of the things that I, again, really appreciate about Amy's book is that she gives us these questions for reflection. And she lists four different questions, I believe it's four, yes, that we can ask ourselves once we've identified a shortcut that we take, right? So let's use the example of I clean up my, stu my, my student, my child's room all of the time because they don't do it, right? It's easier to just do it myself than get in a fight with them. Okay, so we've identified that we have the shortcut we've been taking. So she first asked, what do I need to stop taking the shortcut? Maybe I need a family meeting and posted expectations that an expectation in our family is that you keep your room tidy. Then what can I do differently? Maybe this is the way that we're talking or asking our child about their clean room. Maybe we need to walk through it with them once so that they understand where things go and realize that it's really not that difficult at the end of the day. And we can put consequences in place should this expectation not be met and stick to those consequences. And then she says, how can I stick to my plan even when it's really hard to do? And she talks a little bit more about this and I think this ties into where we're going, which is parents, we have to protect our own energy and I know it's so hard it's hard to be an adult and it's even harder to be a parent and find the time to energize yourself enough to have the wherewithal to deal with some of these power struggles and some of the discomfort that comes with these tough situations with our kids and lastly she asks when am I most likely to take a shortcut and how can I plan ahead for those situations which is really having the foresight to know I have a crazy busy week this week I'm going to be really tired. I'm more likely to give in and just pick their stuff up because I want to avoid the discomfort of the dispute or the argument. How might I be able to avoid that? And Mona, I'm sure you hear this all of the time with parents as well. This, I don't have any time for myself. I don't know how Absolutely. to carve out time for myself. And it can be a challenge. So what's some of your advice maybe, and, and Amy has some in this book as well for parents on, how to fill up their own cup so that they can avoid taking shortcuts in the future. This is so important. And I think especially, you know, we, we are in a pandemic. We're coming toward hopefully the end. I mean, you know, knocking on wood here. But, um, and it is a little harder sometimes to recharge. And sometimes the adults kind of might have to cover each other. Uh, but it can be little things. So going for a walk, it doesn't have to be a long walk. It can just be, you know, maybe just one adult goes for a walk just for a few minutes just to get outside, listen to, you know, birds sing or notice the trees or whatever. Uh, finding time with friends, that's getting a little easier, but we can still make a phone call and connect with another adult and just say hi and not talk about problems, but talk, you know, maybe just talk about whatever. Um, reading is always nice. I, um, when my kids were younger, I used to get up extra, extra early. And I already get up early, I get up at like six. I would get up even earlier than that 
just so I could have like 15, 20 minutes to sit with a cup of coffee and just drink a, you know, drink the coffee, maybe read a couple of pages or something. So those are some of mine. How about you? What are some recharges for you? I think that oftentimes because I, I hear parents really say I don't even have 10 minutes start small start with something we do often which is let me just check in with my body and unclench my jaw and you know loosen that tightness that comes in our forehead and our third eye area let me take a deep breath in and exhale maybe do some stretches check in with yourself throughout the day Care for yourself as if you're caring for that little you that existed before you became an adult. What does that person need? And it doesn't have to be a huge amount of time or some extravagant self-care routine. It's little moments and it's really just being aware and intentional. You know, my back hurts, let me stretch out for a little bit and let me just breathe in a color that I like and breathe out a color maybe that represents stress to me. It can do so much for us. And when our kids see us doing that, again, we're modeling something really beautiful for them. We're modeling that it's important to prioritize how you feel, and that's gonna help us get through those moments of discomfort instead of taking those shortcuts, right? And that's what we're trying to teach our kids. And that's the next thing Amy talks about here is how can we set our kids up for success? How can we teach them to resist tempting, taking, tempting shortcuts and she really um, talks a lot about letting us encourage our kids and setting them up with goals right goals in their life because as we set goals we can take steps that feel manageable and even though they might be hard right they might be uncomfortable we can help them get through it and then feel that reward at the end which is really what drives the muscle of persistence and grit and being able to get through something difficult to get to the other side and to feel that comfort, right? When we're talking mm -hmm. about the di difference mm -hmm. between discomfort and the comfort that we're seeking at the end. Right, and that's a lot of the work that we do with kids and parents too is how do we learn to manage frustration tolerance? You know, it's, we don't like it. We're, it makes us feel cranky and yucky, but we want to help our kids be able to manage that feeling of feeling impatient, feeling like they're not getting what they want, feeling, you know, like this is hard and that they, they can move through it and that they will not only survive and tackle it, but they will come out even stronger on the other side. And so, you know, I think that thinking about goals and moving toward goals is really helping kids reaching a goal. Part of that is persistence and grit, like you said earlier. So Kathleen, how do we help littles um, with this? Well, littles is um, one of the wonderful I think places to start because if, if you are a parent and have a very young child or maybe an elementary age child, you're in a great place because you can begin teaching them these, these things, these steps, right? Part of it is something that we, um, we talk about often in education in general, which is um, fixed versus growth mindset. And I actually flipped back a few pages because I highlighted something in here, and I think it's important for parents to hear this. Um, it says, 
to viewing discipline or viewing the consistency and the follow through as a long-term investment in your kids mm -hmm. helps us not take the shortcuts. And it's that same kind of mindset that we have to apply for our littles. So if you hear a little, let's say for example, say it's too hard, I can't do it, right? They're freaking out. Something is too hard, I can't do it. As a parent, you are absolutely able to say, I know that it's hard and sometimes when things are hard, it makes us feel like we can't do it, right? But let's take it one step at a time, right? And I will be here to, to help you. And looking in, right, at those strengths that they have, at who, what can help us get there, right? And I think that it's really incredible for us to be able to give them opportunities to do this as well. And we've talked about that earlier in earlier chapters, not just pushing problems out of their way, but actually viewing it as an opportunity to help them. And sometimes we have to get down with them. Sometimes we have to do things with them first for a little bit to show them that they can do it. It kind of help their wings come out and let them gain that sense of autonomy and independence and that sense of I can, even though it's hard, right. even though it feels hard. Right. And even with school age kids, like helping them challenge their there's sort of negative thinking, I can't do it, and sort of showing them that sometimes we have thoughts that come up like, I can't, and I want to quit, and I can't, and that we kind of have to think, well, I can keep going and maybe slow down or maybe do, you know, do smaller chunks and just kind of working through it. And then with teens, Kathleen, what do we do with those teens? Well, teens are you know, really incredible creatures because we can talk to them on a more adult level, right? Um, we can say something like, you know, I know that you love eating out and you love your hamburgers and your french fries and it makes us feel good in a moment, but long term it does have, you know, a negative impact on us. So it's something that we have to be able to build a level of discernment of when is this okay and when is this becoming a problem or a shortcut that's going to have more of an impact in my life mm -hmm. and letting them understand that from a perspective is much easier than saying don't eat fast food all of the time because then it just sounds like a rule and they don't understand why mm -hmm. right we can talk to them on a level where they can see you as more credi credible because you're showing them not the downside but the upside mm -hmm. right if you only eat out a few times, right, you're gonna feel better because you're gonna be eating healthier and you're gonna have more energy and you're gonna be able to focus and that's gonna make your relationship to school better. It's gonna make you have more energy when you hang out with your friends. Showing them the benefit of not taking a shortcut is huge because oftentimes I think they all, all they hear is the downside, right? Okay. Don't do this because negative consequence. Don't do this because negative consequence. And we can really begin to have a deeper, uh, more integrated conversation with them. Right, and talk them through it. So I don't usually argue with Amy, but there she does talk about the St Stanford marshmallow experiment, which, by the way, there's a lot of uh, controversy about. And so it, it talks about if you give the choice of, of having a marshmallow right now or waiting, that those kids that wait are going to do much better in the future. 
But of course, there's all sorts of confounding factors to that. So I would say that portion of it, you know, what, what we really want to teach our kids is that to be um, a quote unquote mentally strong person, we have to know that sometimes we have to delay a gratification or, you know, or, or, or we're not going to get immediate results and that's okay. So to wrap it up, because I love this part about her, Kathleen, what's helpful? What's not? Well, we talked about some of this, but I will say it again. Helping your child create goals, right? Getting them familiar with the idea of having something that is more long-term. And I say more long-term because for littles, we're not going to set a goal that's a year out. We're going to set something that's a little closer to us so they can really feel the forward progress and momentum. Building credibility with your child about the dangers of shortcuts, right? Talking about that, talking about you know the, the pros and cons and having a, a really honest conversation about that. Um, helping your child conduct behavioral experiments, which is really, again, going and towards when we do something, how do we feel and, and bringing the meaning into these situations, which sometimes we, we don't do because again, we're very busy and we go through life and we don't stop to pause and reflect. But the more we can pause and reflect with our kids and have these meaningful conversations, the more helpful that's going to be for them in the long term. And then we can't stress this enough, recharge your batteries. Even if it's a deep breath in, even if it's 10 minute walk outside, even if it's a five minute sitting outside when the kids are in bed and listening to the crickets and looking at the stars, Find a way to recharge yourself so that you can be more grounded and you aren't as tempted to take shortcuts. And then we said it again, teach, teaching delayed gratification um, and acknowledging that there is a temptation to give into shortcuts. And we have to do this with ourselves. I know that when maybe I didn't get as, as much sleep, I'm gonna be more tempted to you know, grab something more unhealthy for lunch. But if I'm aware of that, I can make better choices in the moment. And that's teaching our kids awareness as well. What, um, what do we want to avoid at all costs? What do we want to maybe say, you know what, if I've been doing this, I'm going to shift. I'm going to make a change. I'm not going to be perfect at it, but I'm going to be intentional about maybe moving away from some of these behaviors. All right. So th thank you, Amy. And thank you, Kathleen, for a great podcast. We still have one more chapter and then our whole team is going to be together and we're going to just say say what our thoughts about this amazing book so i hope everyone has a great rest of their day take care thank you so much for listening and remember you can get this book from the community 360 podcast bye bye